You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. Starting to see some draft buzz surrounding the Charlotte Hornets. What guys the team is interested in. Starting to heat up here, Doug. Are you excited for draft season? Oh, yeah. Are you ready for it? Everyone's getting their mock draft 7.0 ready. (laughs) Do you have it? Mocked on Hornets. I'm glad. Not that I'm glad that's over, but man, that was a thing for a while. You just randomly searching some of the mock drafts and who the Hornets would be taking. I don't think we mentioned Brandon Clark in any of those mock drafts, though. We got a whole bunch of different names. Brandon Clark was not one of them. And he seems like the trending topic on Charlotte Hornets Twitter today. Does seem like it the last couple of days. Well, because we got our first indication of who this team might be interested in when uh, Clark revealed that his first workout and his first interview uh, would be with the Charlotte Hornets at the, what he, he said this at the draft combine, right? So we're getting our first indications of who they're interested in. And so, yeah, you, obviously you have to kind of find out what this guy's all about. And, uh, you know, he played on one of the best teams in the country last year. We know that. We know that the thing that the only thing that really excites me about him at this point, I'm a little early in my research in that I haven't done that much. (laughs) You saw some dunks and they tickled your fancy and that was about it. Right. But the only thing that excites me about him at this moment is that he came into the season not the best player on the team and ended the season as the best player on his team. Yeah, and and look, Hachimura was the guy, and maybe some people would go against you, but I, I'm I'm with you. It's still probably up for debate, but I'm with you with Brandon Clark becoming the best player. He was awesome last season, and what I like is he actually showed up in March Madness. He showed up in the games that mattered because one argument you could have against some Gonzaga players is that they just don't go up against some of the toughest competition, right? And they're they're facing guys that aren't in Power Five schools constantly, except ball. at the beginning of the season and at the end of the season is when you see Gonzaga go up against the Power Five. And in March in the NCAA tournament. They lost to Texas Tech, which would eventually almost win the national championship game. They went to overtime with Virginia, which was viewed as maybe the best team in the country alongside Duke the entire year. And Brandon Clark had a good game against Texas Tech. I think he shot 70% from the field in that game. That would That's a game where Texas Tech is phenomenal defensively, and Brandon Clark was able to shoot that efficiently. Now, it is a guy you would hope shoot efficiently anyway because he dunks everything. So Brandon Clark is interesting to me, Doug. Look, you guys know I, I love Brandon Clark. I love watching his film. He dunks everything, which is a lot of fun. Defensively, he's phenomenal. Brandon Clark, in his interviews at the Combine, has suggested that he can guard one through four very comfortably and Four and a half. He said he can guard some centers. There would obviously be some centers that might give him a little bit a tougher job. I but feel that like he can everybody says that these days, though, right? Like, who who out there, which of these prospects is going to be honest and come out and say, listen, I can pretty much guard twos, uh, maybe a three if I've had a ham sandwich. I don't believe everybody else, though, Doug. Like, I believe it <laughs> watching Brandon. <laughs> I believe it watching Brandon. I believe the numbers kind of back up some of the stuff that he's done. And the athletic testing, let, let's go down the things with Brandon Clark because I find him very intriguing to talk about, maybe even more so than any other prospect. I'm not saying he's the best prospect. I'm saying he's the most intriguing because there's a, there's a few red flags and there's also a few things that you really like. Let's go through the pros. The pros are, athletically, the athletic testing at the Combine, it's stupid. How crazy the stats are for him. Nah. He's got over a 40-inch vertical, 
And these are, by the way, compared to all of the threes there. He's going to be a four in the NBA. He's not going to be a three. So he's going to be a four. And athletically, going up against some other threes, he's got a 40-inch vertical. That's first. I think the only thing he finished third in was the lateral movement. And that's with threes, Doug. So athletically testing, whether you believe in athletic testing or not, uh, I hear you. Athletically testing, it's a good thing that he's athletic, right? At least it's not. At least he's not putting up bad numbers. You have that. You know about his defense. He was third in all of college basketball as far as blocks per game goes. You know that offensively, he's able to be a lob threat. And you know that he was able to score double-digit points per game around 15-16. That's very good for Gonzaga. Some of the bad things that he has is that even though I dictated that he was long, I was very wrong on that. The you wing- said, well, you said he looked long, and I said, is that really a thing? Can you really look long? And apparently you can look long and be and not be, and long. Not be long. So maybe I wasn't wrong. Thank you for saving me from saying and admitting that I was wrong. You're so- wrong about the combine, but... Well, I just... Not a big combine guy over here. Yeah, no, I feel like not. we obsess about these combine numbers. You give me they, those numbers, I will obsess about them. Like I'm with you on a lot of things. They don't mean anything. Can he play basketball? Like but you look, sexy. you did a great job rattling off those numbers. Kudos to you. You have a great memory. The guy doesn't even have notes in front of him right now. You're impressive. You're a master that's radio not, guy. I love you for that. But can can Brandon Clark play basketball on a pro level? That's the question we have to answer. Not how many sticks high he can you know hit with his left hand. But he hit on really vertical. high on those Who sticks. Who cares? It, he hit really high on those sticks. Let, let's go to Out some of the, the cons. Combine. Let's go to some some of the cons. The wingspan is not big, and that is reason enough for you to be scared. He's not very tall. Six eight and a quarter, I think, is what he measured at. That's not very tall for a guy that can't really stretch the floor. He can't shoot very well, and that seems to be the biggest problem with him. But he looks to be tremendous defensively, either ISO or help defender. He blocks everything. He's mean out there. He was the nastiest basketball player watching him last year. He became quickly one of my favorite players just watching college basketball. So you've got some good things about him, but you've also, and they're, they're at completely opposite ends of the spectrum and that's what makes him so intriguing to me like with bowl bowl you, you have so much uncertainty with a lot of these guys right like bowl bowl you like a lot of stuff that he does put up good numbers can shoot you know you have some problems i guess with his strength and stuff but like there's so many things brandon clark is either at one end of the spectrum completely or the other end of the spectrum completely and that's what makes him so intriguing but doug i really like his tape i think we obsess over wingspan too much as well. I think we've created all of, or the the basketball sort of uh, elite have created all of this combine and measurables and different things to make themselves think that they can indicate which players are going to be successful and which and which aren't. When really it all comes down to sort of psychology, mentality, things that we can't really glean until a few years after they've gotten into the league. Because, like, look, wingspan, what is that? Like, are they going to – if they're not going to take off and fly, then I don't care about wingspan, right? Because we've seen this guy. He he almost led the league in blocks. Like, timing is what blocks are all about. So forget wingspan. Get out of here with that. These are numbers that people create so that they can sound smart and feel like they have a grip on on the draft, which is just a giant crapshoot. I, I think it matters because let's say if this guy had a i don't know how much did joel Embiid's wingspan matter when he went up to block Kawhi leonard well it wasn't eight and a half i don't know how much any but if it that's what i'm saying saying. if you're a good enough shooter you can you can get over anybody's wingspan i i don't know about that like if let's say if brandon clark had a couple more inches on his wingspan then maybe he averages 
four blocks per game. You know, like maybe it makes you better because his timing is so impeccable. So I understand like when everything comes together and you can that's what makes you such a great prospect, right? You know what I think we should be obsessing over? What's that? Where writers and random NBA opinion makers have people mocked before the draft. That those are the numbers. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. Those are the numbers that we should be paying attention to. For example, mm. I have an NBA mock draft right in front of me, and this one comes from NBA.com. So you know it's serious and you know it's <laughs> expert. And it's by Sam Smith 23 hours ago. 2019 post lottery NBA mock draft, Hot the fresh. most recent information that we have. And I'm just going to go all the way down. Well, first I'll say number seven, the Chicago Bulls. He has Brandon Clark from Gonzaga. Oh, going he got seven. One. Oh, no. Going seven. Uh, you, and you then, tricked me. yeah, but number 12, the Charlotte Hornets get this. Now, this is what people should be excited about. This is what Rick Bennell should be writing about. Goga. Beatazza from Georgia. Not I don't think that's University of Georgia. <laughs> I don't think so I'm gonna guess no on that. Center prospects. Goga Buttazza. How angry do you think Hornets fans would be if that was the selection? And not because this guy can't play at all. Better go get him. Because you have zero clue what this guy really is all about. All right. Is he the next Jokic question mark is what Sam Smith says. Oh, 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 oh. Getting a little yoke. <laughs> a little joker action. It's the Locked On Hornets podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. We'll continue to talk about some prospects coming up for the Charlotte Hornets. Stick around with us. We're coming to you from the Gittimer.com studios in Uptown Charlotte. If you're in sales and need help, visit Gittimer.com today to learn how they can help you do the one thing you want to do, and that's make more sales. We'll be back after the break. This is Locked on Hornets. 10, Al Jefferson. 9, Anthony Mason. Bastards! 8, Gerald Wallach. 7, Baron Davis. 6, Dale Curry. 5, Glenn Rice. 4, Muggsy Bogues. 3, Larry Johnson. 2, Alonzo Mourning. Nice. Number 1, top Charlotte Hornet of all time, Kimba Walker. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. The list Ow. is done. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Here's another question I have about Brandon Clark, Doug, and it really is more of a broader question. We can use it as a segue to just talk about the type of prospect that you want. Brandon Clark is somebody that I I don't like. It's not a guy that has a, a crazy high ceiling to me as far as he's not going to be able to handle the basketball. That's not going to be the type of basketball player that he is. You know, when when you're evaluating Miles Bridges, who I think there are some comparisons as far as the versatility that he was deemed with coming into the game. You know, somebody that was a, a good help team defender at times, even though I, I think he struggled doing that here with the Charlotte Hornets. But it, you see Miles Bridges as a guy that was supposed to contribute right away. You never knew exactly what his ceiling would be. His shot probably needed a little bit of help, but you could see it maybe improve a little bit. Like I, I just felt, I just feel like there are some similarities with the type of body maybe being tweener-like and is it deemed good? Is it a good thing to be a versatile type basketball player? But Brandon Clark doesn't have the handles. Like he's never going to be a guy that you give the ball to and say, go get me a shot. You know, there might be some other guys that are like that. And I don't think that's ever going to be Brandon Clark. And so is it the guy that you do think is going to be able to contribute? And Brandon Clark is old, by the way. And I think that does take a big, that needs to be taken note of, is he's going to be 23 when the season starts. 
these other guys are going to be 19 when the season starts. Do you care about missing out on those three years? It, it's a valid question. But when you have Brandon Clark, would you rather have somebody like a Bull Bull who you're hoping can be a guy you give the basketball to to get his own bucket? Do you give it to a Romeo Langford, a Nikhil Alexander-Walker, you know, some of those guys, maybe even a Jackson Hayes, like you see that he's got that kind of soft touch that Brandon Clark has, but even Jackson Hayes, maybe he can develop some type of game. I just feel like it's not as offensively raw as what a Brandon Clark is to some point. Do you get what I'm saying? Do, do you want the guy that's able to get his own shot, or would you rather have something that has maybe a little bit more raw potential down the road? Or do you like Clark, even though he could be very good at his role, is it the role that you want him to play for your basketball team? And is it a role that you already filled last year in the draft? Like, just listening to you now, and I don't know if, if the listeners are having the same experience, but I'm like, wait a minute. I could be way off on this. Didn't we already draft this guy last year? year and it worked out right like look but we, how many we, of those guys can you have we can have the sga miles bridges discussion the bottom line is that miles bridges had a good year last year I, I think we're all confident in the miles bridges selection it's brandon clark i feel like might give me that same type of feeling where even maybe better at his job than what miles bridges can do because miles has that ability to maybe like it, there's that sense of hope that you can give him the basketball and he can go get you a bucket. Like, that's still out there for him. That's not going to be out there for Brandon Clark. Like, as much as I love him, we're never going to say, here's the basketball on the perimeter, Brandon. Go score. That's Which just not going to be his I game. Which is why I think if you invest in Brandon Clark, you're hoping that he gets bigger. I think. I think you're hoping that he can play a 5-4 combo, that he can be strong enough to guard, you know, traditional centers as opposed to or or be a, a traditional shot blocker in that way, then you are thinking that you can turn him into some kind of combo wing like like they've tried to do with Miles Bridges. You're a little bit more worried about that than I am. I, I don't want him to get so big that he loses some of his lateral quickness. I like him being able to do very well in pick-and-roll defense and stay with a point guard for a while, and I think he can do that. I think he's already mentally an excellent defender and also just laterally quick for his size. Like I like what Brandon Clark can do there. And so I'm with you. Maybe a little stronger, man. Like I can see that. I just don't want him to get so big to where it sacrifices some of his lateral quickness not allowing guys to drive by him in a pick and roll I think if you're going to draft at 12 in a week draft then I think you have to go with a player that either has potential because they are young or has potential because they have physical attributes that say wow if if the pieces fall the right way and maybe they don't but if they fall the right way uh, this is going to be a super valuable piece as opposed to just a piece. That's what I think Brandon Clark is. Brandon Clark is a piece. He will fit somewhere. He will be able to do something for some team. But I feel like the Hornets need to take a big swing and find some, uh, try to find somebody. Again, they may fail, but at least try to find somebody that you know national writers are going to write about three years from now going, man, how did we miss on that guy? I don't think anyone's going to be writing about Brandon Clark in that way. It seems like our roads intersect at Jackson Hayes, to be honest with you. The way that we can talk about some of these guys that look like you know they've got the raw potential, it's a potential big hit, but there's enough solidly there already to where you feel good about him contributing. Like a bowl bowl is not that. Like you're scared if you draft Bull Bull. You're hoping that everything works out because he is so thin. He is so injury ridden. You know, it is somebody that doesn't seem to get the game of basketball right now. Where Jackson Hayes is a guy that does seem raw, but there's already it, it seems like there's a solid base. It seems like that's where our roads intersect. Jackson with an X. The X stands for that is sexy. excellence. I do like that. The X stands for extreme. 
The X, and the intersection in which we think about prospects. The X stands for XXX. Now, we've talked about names that are spelled differently in a weird way mm-hmm. before. Mm-hmm. Big fan of Jackson with the X in the middle. I have a, a little nephew with a Jackson with the X, and I think it really, like, look, get out of here with wingspan. Get out of here with vertical. You know, put the shuttles up. We don't need shuttle speed. Just give me Jackson with an X. Give me Brandon with a Y. I think if Brandon Clark spelled his name with a Y, mm. then I would be like much D-Y-N, more intrigued Is that what you're looking him. for? D-Y-N? Brandon? Yes. Brandon D-Y-N. with a Y. Now, now what about an E at the end of Clark? Like, that's something, you know, that's no, different. Brandon with an E Oh, is, that's a little no, different. Brandon with an E is bagging groceries at Publix. No offense to anyone who bags groceries at Publix, but it's, you're, not, you're not jamming. Uh, in the NBA, I I, th- I think he is though. Like, give me that E at the end. That makes you a little bit sexier than just the Clark with no E at wow, the end. You couldn't listen. I'm an expert at this. You may be an expert in rattling off numbers from the combine. 1.0 shuttle speed. Get out of here. <laughs> I'm an expert in how indicative name misspellings are, or not misspellings, but alternate spellings are to future success. And I'm telling you, Brandon with a Y is an NBA All Pro. And and Brandon with an E is uh, you know changing oil. <laughs> no offense to he anyone changed, who changes. Did he change jobs? It's that a very quickly. respectable profession, but it's not playing. And in Mr. NBA. Clark changed jobs that quickly. He went from bagging. I mean, that's a, an ascent, though, right? I mean, from bagging groceries at Publix to changing oil. Hey, like, listen, that's an I can't. I can't change my oil. I can't even say oil. You can't even Earl. say it. I can't change my Earl. <laughs> you can't change your Earl. Now, how do you spell Earl? That's differently. I don't even want to pretend how I know that. Real quickly, Jackson Hayes is somebody that was talking at the Combine who said, can you believe a year ago I was backing somebody up on my high school basketball team, and now I'm here at the Combine getting all of these measurables, playing one year at Texas where I am this guy that's going to be drafted probably. It, I would imagine that he's going to be taken before the Hornets – select at 12 like I feel like he's going to be gone do you get that same feeling with Jackson with an X oh yeah I, I feel like both Clark I think Clark you think and, Clark, Clark's gone I think Clark and Hayes are both getting the buzz right now but we still listen we got a long way to go there's going to be guys that rise going to be guys that fall that's the exciting part of this that's why every day I'm committed to coming on here and doing mock Don Hornets keeping you updated with where the experts think these players are going to go because that's the only thing that matters the experts is right are yeah you jackson in- hayes stands for experts are you in your car a lot driving to work <laughs> driving the kids around if you have a smart device in your car and more and more of you do now tell your smart device to play mock don hornets don't fumble around with your phone and bluetooth just say play mock don hornets and make drive time moh time we'll be back after the break this is Locked on Hornets. To start this off, we all know about LeBron and how he built a school and it got a lot of fanfare. By the time 2019 closes, Bismack Biombo is planning to have six schools. Take that, LeBron. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Glad to hear Nada's voice took the day off today. I never know when people are going to take days off sometimes, and so it's one of the many promises that we make that we don't know if we're going to be able to fulfill or not. I thought he was going to be here for a fire Friday. Hopefully we've been able to bring the fire, but Nada, again, I'm hoping for him to join us next Friday to bring his part of the fire. Whoa, huge news. You seeing this come across the wire right now? Uh, do you have another mock draft for me? It's not another mock draft. It's a look-alike. It's a Walker male look-alike. Robert Pattinson. We just we discussed this on yesterday's show. You look a lot like Robert Pattinson. 
that's what I guessed that someone thought you looked like in an airport or mistook you for in an airport. Turns out it was actually Andy Roddick, but I said Robert Pattinson. And apparently some of the listeners thought this as well, that you do look very similar to Robert Pattinson. Trying to get his last name right. It's tough. Yeah, that N is kind of tough to sneak in there. Yeah, it snuck away. It it went and made a sandwich, and now it's back. Pattinson. Mm -hmm. Apparently, Robert Pattinson is going to be the new Batman. Do you like this move? Are you cool with Robert Pattinson being in there? I I like it for you. I think it's going to lead for more autograph opportunities for for you. Yeah, it's a big day for you. Did you... See, I thought we were doing a bit yesterday where you kind of just were throwing names out there. I don't know how much you really felt it. And then we did get that suggestion from one of our listeners. I think it was at Charlotte Sports Despair. Always love his in, uh, always love his input. Appreciate him listening once again. Especially if you're going to make me compare to this guy. I mean, that That's damn good. Batman. I'll take that. Robert Pattinson. What are some stuff he's in? I know he was in all the vampire movies, right? Twilight. Twilight. That's his big that's deal. His, is that his only deal? It, I mean, it's it's Twilight. Like he was the heartthrob for everybody when he was in Twilight, right? I'll look it up. <laughs> That's that is your catchphrase. That absolutely has become. I got a your couple catchphrase. of catchphrases cooking right now. Yeah. I got. I'll look it up. I got. Uh, you know, this guy's my dude. Yep. I, well, and some look out them, for the t-shirts. Some of them. Soon. Some of them go and make a sandwich, and then they'll come back later on, and they'll continue their day in the, the Dugaholics. Watch out for those t-shirts. They're coming. Josh Eberly tweeted out something interesting earlier this week that we've just been pushing off because we hadn't had enough time to get there, but I still think it's relevant as we do have the Milwaukee Bucks and the Toronto Raptors play Game Two in the Eastern Conference Finals tonight. The Toronto Raptors are able to play in the Eastern Conference Finals because Kawhi Leonard hits that ridiculous shot where it's clearly the best moment in Toronto Toronto Raptors history, where it bounces around the rim four times. It's the movie ending. It's the sports movie ending that everybody remembers growing up in every sports movie that involved basketball at all. It bounces around four times. Once it drops, the crowd and the teams, they all go wild. It made it clearly the best moment because it also sent them to the Eastern Conference Finals with a legitimate chance to move on. Like, yes, the Toronto Raptors have been to another Eastern Conference Finals and then they would get beat by LeBron, but not with Kawhi Leonard, not with this new team. And Josh Eberle, he tweets out that this is clearly the best moment in Toronto Raptors history. So my question is, and his question, I should say, is how many franchises have that? How many franchises can go to one specific moment and clearly say, like, there's not where everybody's kind of jumbled up a couple moments together. How many franchises have a clear best moment in their franchise's history? And I think the Charlotte Hornets are in that category. And I think, Doug, correct me if I'm wrong, I think we go to Alonzo Morning's shot against the Boston Celtics, the series clinching shot, and everybody dives on Alonzo Morning. I think that's the one that you have to go to. And I can't think of anything that really comes all that close. It's truly amazing. Like, Robert Pattinson has been in a lot of films, but none of them have really mattered at all except the Twilight Saga. I don't know if there's another actor that has been in more useless stuff, but has also made more money, and he's about to become Batman, and it's just going to add to the list of, what, four films that he's done that actually matter, and then you basically sandwich those with The Lost City of Z, Life, (laughs) Queen of the Desert, Maps to the Stars. Like, none of these films matter. If you go to, I guess, the semantics about what you want to define as a moment, then maybe you could try to put in the Milwaukee Bucks series. But that, 
hurts you more because they lost the, to the Milwaukee Bucks. So even though they went to Game 7, yeah, it's the most success that a Charlotte Hornets team has had. But they didn't have that one moment where Alonzo hits that shot. And even though it wasn't for an Eastern Conference Finals appearance or even to move on into the second round um, before that. I mean, I, it was for that, but it wasn't in the second round, I should say, to move on to the ECF. I, I just think that's got to be it. And I don't think there's anything else that really comes all that close to it. I mean, there's no other movie that really comes close to, to Twilight. Listen to this. Good Time, Fear and Shame, Damsel, High Life. Nobody's ever heard of these movies. Robert Pattinson is the Eli Manning of of actors. Like he, <laughs> he gets a couple of Super Bowls and then can't get his team back to the playoffs. Is Robert Pattinson in the Hall of Fame right now just because <laughs> oh of Twilight? Well, Batman. Are you will, putting him in the Hall of Fame? Well, if, listen, if he becomes Batman, I'm that sure that, that will put him over the line. That is true. This is big for him. He needed another Super Bowl. Is Batman going to become his second Super Bowl? Is it going to become his Eli Manning second Super Bowl to get him in the Hall of Fame? Unbelievable. Best worst agent in Hollywood gets him these huge roles. And then basically just sits back and says, Robbie, do whatever you want. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Locked on Hornets. Is it Robbie with an I at the end? Is that Robbie. What, yeah, that's what he becomes if he makes this Batman series successful. Thanks for listening to Locked on Hornets here on the Locked on Podcast Network. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked on Hornets. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you get your podcast. Just search Locked on Hornets. We'll be back with you next week.